and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Genesis 32 and 33. Are you wrestling with God? Can forgiveness be bought? So it's been over 20 years since Jacob fled from his father's home in Canaan because his brother Esau wanted to kill him for stealing his birthright and blessing. Jacob didn't know what to expect. He was afraid. He was coming back with wealth, but he was also vulnerable. He was traveling with his four wives and his 12 kids, some very young. So he gets the bright idea to send a parade of gifts to Esau. Can forgiveness be bought? Let's dig in starting in Genesis 32, um, verse 3. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now, I have been living with Uncle Laban. And now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. And I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, we met your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with the flocks and herds and camels into two groups. He thought if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Hmm. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. Those verses three through 12. So does God need to be reminded of his promises? So Jacob prays God's promises back to him. Not that God would forget, but Jacob remembered and is trusting God. It's more for his own assurance. Jacob remembers that God promised that his descendants would be as numerous as the sands along the seashore. 
If Esau comes with an army of 400 to kill him and his whole family, how can that happen? However, Jacob still takes matters into his own hands. He tries to buy Esau's love and forgiveness with a parade of gifts, hoping that the gifts would change Esau's heart. As it turns out, he didn't need to. Jacob wrestles with God. So we pick this up in verse 22. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. Got the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man said. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Genesis 32, verses 22 to 31. Now, did Jacob wrestle with Jesus? We have here yet another appearance of a godlike stranger powerful enough to cripple Jacob with one touch. Was this the pre-incarnate Jesus? Oh, no, maybe. Jacob is renamed Israel, which means he strives with God or God fights. That's a better name than Jacob, which means deceiver, which he was. Jacob and Esau make peace. And so in chapter uh, 33, then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant wives. He put the servant wives and their children at the front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then Jacob went on ahead. As he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him. And they both wept. Then Esau looked at the women and children and asked, who are these people with you? These are the children God has graciously given me your servant, Jacob replied. Then the servant wives came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children and they bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. And what were all the flocks and herds I met as I came in? Esau asked. Jacob replied, they are a gift, my Lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, no, I have found favor with you. Please accept this gift from me. And what a relief to see your friendly smile. It is like seeing the face of God. Please take this gift I have brought you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. And because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Well, Esau said, let's be going. I will lead the way. But Jacob replied, you can see, my Lord, that some of the children are very young and the flocks and herds have their young too. 
If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, Lord, go ahead of your servant. We will follow slowly at a pace that is comfortable for the livestock and the children. I will meet you at Seir. All right, Esau said, but at, la at least let me assign some, some of my men to guide and protect you. Jacob responded, that's not necessary. It's enough that you've received me warmly, my Lord. So Esau turned around and started back to Seir that same day. Jacob, on the other hand, traveled on to Succoth. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was named Succoth, which is in Hebrew, it's also Sukkot, S-U-K-K-O-T, which means shelters. Later, having traveled all the way from Padam Aram, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem in the land of Canaan. There he set up camp outside the town. Jacob bought the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And there he built an altar and named it El Eloi Israel. And that means God, the God of Israel. So the Feast of Sukkot, or shelters, is celebrated by Jews all over the world every year. In the fall, in remembrance of this event and an expectation of the Messiah coming to live among them. And I explained this in the study on John chapter 7 when Jesus goes to the Sukkot festival in Jerusalem. And you can click on over to my blog and I have a link um, to that um, study. Now, can forgiveness be bought? No. God answers Jacob's prayer for protection by changing Esau's heart. At any rate, Esau didn't want or need the gifts. Furthermore, Jacob, his wives and children all bowed, humbled themselves in front of Esau. Esau then offered them protection and a guide to their final destination. God's forgiveness is free. We don't have to approach God with a parade of gifts, money, or good deeds. His forgiveness is free. We just have to come to him with a humble and repentant heart. When you admit that you're a sinner, and we all are, and repent of your sins, that is stop sinning, Jesus forgives your sins, past, present, and future. That's the salvation that can only come through Jesus and no one or nothing else. Not a church, not a priest, not Mary or anything that you do on your own. So stop wrestling with God. Stop trying to make deals with him. Surrender your life to him and get the gift of eternal life. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, Receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way non-stop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture. What you have to do is believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. And just simply invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and the confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says, um, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And also in the bottom of my blog, I embedded two worship videos. One is Friend of God, and the other is Forgiveness. Very apropos. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth, 
that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.